This is the Fox Sports Florida Miami Heat Podcast. I'm your host, Suri Fernandez, and with me for one more time, as the regular season draws its conclusion, is Sun Sentinel reporter Ira Winterman. How's it going? Going probably better for me than the Heat at this moment, but uh, it's just been that kind of close of the season. Yeah, and uh, most likely they're not going to make the playoffs, barring you know some miraculous uh, uh, set of scenarios that's going that could occur. But uh, what do you attribute the most to this late season collapse? Is it the fact that Chris Bosh isn't isn't here, or is it the mounting injuries that kind of just took a hit on the depth and the Heat are comp- using a lot of complementary players? Uh, what what do you point as the biggest factor? I, I think when you look at the end of the season, and the fact is they still had Gorn and Dwayne and Luell, I, I think it's the lack of depth. I think the fact that you wound up starting Udonis Haslam, you had no spacing in the starting lineup, so when people said the offense bogged down while teams were packing the paint, that was especially apparent in the loss to the Chicago Bulls when they basically dared the Heat to shoot over the top. And I think it made one of the real glaring points of this season is when you look back and you remember the Ray Allens and Shane Battiers and Mike Millers and James Joneses, how they need to get back to the three-point shooting. Now, remember, a lot of that was Chris Bosh was going to be a stretch five and Josh McRoberts was going to be a stretch four, and they will be coming back, barring any unexpected turns with their illnesses and injury. So you might have that, but I think what you're realizing is without spacing on offense, teams pack the paint, they get stops, they get out in transition, they get easier opportunities. Yeah, definitely. The lack of three-point shooting has, has really hurt the Heat in a lot of these games. Um, so you're thinking that McRoberts and Bosch will, will most likely be able to join the team once training camp starts up. What do you think about Lowell Deng and Goran Dragic? What's, what's your gut feeling with them? Well, you know, Luke could be at the point in his career where he says, I want to get my one last big contract. So I think that's possible. Again, he's had a good season. He's actually shot better percentages this year than in recent seasons. So I think that's teetering. But I think with the power of persuasion, they could bring him back for one more. Goran's a little more interesting. I personally think, and again, this is not an official Miami Heat statement, there is no way in heck Pat Riley could have given up two potential future lottery picks without having a side deal or knowing for sure that he's coming back. The bottom line is this. If they re-sign Gorin, what happened at the trading deadline was one of the best trades in the history of the Miami Heat. If they lose Gorin and have to give up two potential lottery picks, it is one of the worst trades. Well, I know that Pat's a, you know, he's a gambler and all that. I just can't fathom that they wouldn't have a better sense of 80-90% that he's coming back. So I think you'll see the gamesmanship of free agency we always play. Gorin's people trying to maximize the money. He trying to talk him down, saying we need more cap space. But at the end of the day... I just can't believe that the Heat don't have something in place knowing one way or the other, for whatever the contract might be, that Gorin is coming back. Right. I, I think so, too. And, and, and if he does come back along with Deng, they're pretty set with starting five. Then you got McRoberts as well. You have Birdman. You have Chalmers, Haslam. Do you see any of the other remaining uh, players coming back? Maybe aside from... Um, you know, maybe Tyler Johnson, somebody like that. You, you need better depth. So, again, you can't stay stagnant in this roster, number one. And, and number two, like you mentioned before, Bosch and McRoberts are coming back, and that's fine. Dwayne's going to be a year older. Udonis is going to be a year older. Birdman's going to be a year older. You have to respect the aging of those players and give them better depth behind them. I've heard so many people say, ask me, ask, ask Ira at the Sun Sentinel and other venues, 
why don't they play fewer minutes for Dwayne? Why don't they stop counting on him? And I said, hey, look at this year's roster. Then you're talking about more Chalmers, more Tyler Johnson. They did not have that backup two guard. So you get better depth at shooting guard. You feel more comfortable with giving Dwayne time off or when he's going on a 4 of 20 against Chicago, pulling it from the game saying, hey, let's ride the hot hand of so-and-so. So I think establishing better depth through either the mini-mid-level exception, the full mid-level, NBA minimums, possibly trades right. through the draft, possibly, depending on where the pick winds up. I think you have to get better, more reliable depth. And, and to clarify, because some people I don't think understand, uh, what, what happens to that pick if it falls outside of the 10? And, and what happens if they keep that pick? What should they go after? Well, first of all, people have to remember this. The end of the season doesn't mean everything. The lottery does. Mm -hmm. After the lottery is completed, if the Heat have one of the first 10 selections, they keep the pick. If the Heat have a pick beyond number 10, it goes to Philadelphia. Case closed. It's not a matter of they can trade up or trade out or anything. As soon as the lottery results are official, we will know if the Heat will have a first-round pick. They will have either a top 10 pick, they can move up in the lottery to right. 1, 2, and 3, or else Philadelphia gets the pick. To refresh, that was the pick the Heat in 2010, July 2010, sent to Cleveland for the LeBron James sign and trade to give LeBron James more money per year, more years with the team. That was then sent by Cleveland to Minnesota in the Kevin Love trade. Mm-hmm. Minnesota then sent that to Philadelphia for Thaddeus Young. So it's from the Heat, through Cleveland, through Minnesota, to Philadelphia. So it all depends not on the end of the season. The Heat can finish 11th in the lottery seedings and still move up to 1, 2, or 3. It's all about what happens after the lottery. What do they do from there? Well, like you and I spoke about, I think you go for depth. They're pretty well set in the power rotation, I would think. If you have Whiteside and you have Bosch and you have McRoberts and you have Haslam and you have Birdman, doesn't mean you can't make a trade among those guys. But I think what we've really seen is the lack of depth on the wing, whether it's a backup three behind Lou Dang if he comes back, whether it's a backup two behind Dwayne Wade. I think you should start looking at the best perimeter options or the best three-point options, which is why Wisconsin's Decker also should figure in there. Uh, can they trade that pick if, it, if they get to retain it? Yes. One, again, once the lottery's over, mm-hmm. the Heat can trade down to a spot that would have gone to Philly otherwise. In other words, they can trade number 10 if they wind up with that out of the lottery for number 19 and 24. They are allowed to do that. The lottery ends the yearly annual obligation to Philly. But remember... They have to pay that pick off sometime. In 2016, it is top 10 protected also. In 2017, it is completely unprotected. Then the Heat owe two future picks to the Phoenix Suns. So not a lottery picks coming, not a lot of draft picks going forward for this team regardless. And and assuming they do have that pick, uh, do you just go for the best player available or do you try to get uh, a position of need? I, I think, like I said, you try to address the wing or the three-point shooting. Some people are pointing out that Willie Cauley-Stein's available, available possibly in the number 10 range. I like him a lot, what he did for Kentucky. I'm not so sure he's a fit. If someone falls of that character where you say, hey, you've got to go with the best available player, yes, but I still think getting a wing player best helps this team, either through the draft or through free agency. All right, and... and um we got some uh, end of the season awards. Sure. You made some uh, some picks. 
I generally agree with uh, with some of your picks. Uh, for MVP, you're going with with Curry. I think that's it's that's close. Okay, again, yeah. again it, it, that's not to disparage what James Harden has done. I think right. at the end of the year, it came down to a a two man race, and he certainly was terrific. Harden also, you can't go wrong either this year. But you know what? To me, Golden State has been such a dominant story that in any of my awards, if you go to sunsentinel.com and click on my column, you'll see I generally went in doubt when with the Warriors because really they've had a historic season this year. Definitely, definitely. And he's improved uh, his defense as well. Um, and not to say anything about it, his incredible shooting displays. Uh, and you're also going with the coach of the year, Steve Kerr, as well. Again, you know, look, what Mike Budenhoser has done in Atlanta, with all they went through in the offseason, with losing their GM, uh, you know, out for interim time, Danny Ferry, and how he took over the front office also, it's a heck of a job. No one expected Atlanta to wind up where they are in the standings. But again, Steve Kerr guided that team to an historic season. They took an isolation-based offense and made it one of the best ball movements we've seen in years. And the Warriors are also defending this year. Yeah, yeah, because we've seen that before. That every year they've been trying to just simply outscore their opponents. Sure. We know that that doesn't really work out, especially in the West. Um, uh, and as far as defensive player of the year, you're going as well with, with the Warriors, Draymond Green. Again, I, I just think what the Warriors did and what Draymond Green, if you look at all those metrics, I try to stay out of win shares and defensive rating and all that. But you know what? He's right at the top of all of them. Uh, to me... Best perimeter defender. I see Kawhi Leonard, and the eye test tells me it's him, but he's missed a bunch of time. Right. So, again, when in doubt, go Warrior. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about six-man uh, award? You know, again, when I see, you know, what, what Draymond Green has done, you know, I look at him, you know, little. He used to be a six-man. Now he's playing more as a starter. So I looked at Mo Spates and what he's done. And, again, the depth the Warriors have and the way they bring guys just in off the bench and keep moving it, that is one I've got to be honest with you, that since I printed in the paper, I have made a change. Okay. And I moved Lou Williams up because, of course, we saw him on Saturday and what he did to the Heat. So I think Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams might have moved up a little on my list. Again, you have till the day after the regular season to finalize it. But I think Lou Williams might have gotten a little short change in my first edit. That's why you have time to wait on your votes. All right. And uh, most improved player, you didn't go with Whiteside. Uh, you went with Jimmy Butler? Yeah, I just think he made the hardest rise in sports from star to all-star. He did that yeah. this year. I think Draymond Green was the same thing. And I think when you look at the situation with Whiteside, it was really half a season, especially with the yeah. time he missed with some of the injuries. So I would say that Hassan Whiteside was the most improved player of the second half of the season, similar to what Rudy Gobert gave to the Utah Jazz. Just the fact we're talking about Hassan Whiteside after two years out of the league says plenty. Yeah, and there maybe should be another award called like Comeback Player of the Year Award. You know, they used to have that, yeah. and then what happens is the reason players were coming back were for such heinous reasons, whether it was a rest or something like that, or an injury away from the game, that they actually went around with that. Remember, when the NBA had its drug issues years ago. Mm-hmm. So you'd have a Roy Tarpley out and then coming back. Yeah. They didn't want to make it be- basically best he- best player to return from rehab. <laughs> and uh, a rookie of the year. I think, yeah, that's, I think that's, uh, I, I agree with you with Wiggins. I mean, he, he really had a great year. But you know, Meritech I know, I know Meritech had a good year for winning team. Yeah. But again, you shouldn't penalize someone for where they wind up. Right. Because I even think if the Cavaliers looked at it again with what Love has given them and what Wiggins could be, they might have kept Wiggins. And Wiggins would have, I think, still been productive for the winning team also. You can't fault the kid or hold him back because he got traded. That wasn't his choice. Yeah. 
And uh, okay, finally, let's just go with All NBA team. I mean, that's that's such a tough call. I mean, so many players had great. Well, again, what seasons. I hate about that is that it's position position specific. Think about it. The All Star ballot you vote for three front court players. This year, easily could be three forwards. You have to pick a center for each of the first three All NBA teams. I think that's a failing of the team. You know what I'd like to see? Like the college All Americas is just the five best players. Yep. NBA All Rookie team, just the five best players, not position specific. Right. I think with the year so many guards have had this year that to put a Russell Westbrook or a Chris Paul or to have to move someone down to second team is really tough. I'd like to see the All-NBA team be the five best players. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, what do you think about the MVP of the Miami Heat season? Gosh, that's a tough one because it's been so up and down right. and there's been so much inconsistency. I would almost say Whiteside because he's been the story of the season. Look, Dwayne right. Wade has had a terrific year, yep. but he's missed a quarter of the season. And he's had times where he struggled with the shot also. And it probably is that you look past the best player and try to find a story. But you know what? I think the one thing you have to look at when you wrap up the Heat season is this. If the Heat didn't win a championship, probably the one thing they wanted to come out of the season was finding a center and a point guard. And they did that yep. with Whiteside and Gorin. So basically the Heat got the second best outcome. For the first time in years, this team has a center and most likely a point guard going forward. So I think you take solace where you can. Yeah, and I think the future is, is pretty bright for the Heat, provided that all those players uh, do come back relatively healthy. Uh, Dragic resigns. Uh, Deng possibly opts in. Um, I think they're pretty well set up. It'll, it'll be a fascinating It'll be season. very interesting, yeah. yeah, and as well. The Eastern Conference, to see how it plays out. Absolutely. Uh, all right, well, once again, this has been... Uh, an interesting season, uh, definitely uh, controversial, lots of ups and downs, uh, but you think it's been uh, pretty interesting to cover? It's been a roller coaster ride, I'll tell you that. We were never short of stories, whether it was going for the playoffs, playoff race, lottery seedings, yeah. Hassan arrives, uh, Gorn arriving, but also because of those injuries and getting those reports and emails from the Heat about Bosch is out and McRoberts is out, yeah. and, you know, and those kind of things tone it down a little bit, but you know what? In four of the last five years, the Miami Heat have made the NBA Finals. So you know what? Not for bad. half a decade, that's not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. All right. Well, thanks again, and thanks again for uh, being throughout the season, uh, doing uh, such a great job covering the Heat and, and helping us out here My with pleasure. the podcast. And as always, SunSentinel.com and Ask Ira, year-round, 365. <laughs> all right. Thank you.